This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Amel Sarfani, the owner of Project Cowork and Sarfani Commercial Advisors. Amel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You guys are doing some really cool stuff over Project Cowork. I'm super excited to get into it a little bit. Uh, very visionary. Thank uh, you. Over there. So it's uh, your staff's great. Your looks great. And the events and things you guys are doing there, I'm excited to be a part of. In fact, I'm planning on going to one you guys got going on this week as well. I think on Thursday, I'm going to try and swing by over there as well. So Yeah, we're having a lot of fun trying a lot of different things. So thanks for coming. Yeah, you bet. We're also going to talk with Tiffany Edwards, also known as Change Dr. Tiff, an expert in human resources and social change, and the president and co-founder of the Edwards Consulting Group. Dr. Tiff, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me again. Always a pleasure. You did a great job on the first one. You're very well-spoken, very friendly, and uh, so I enjoyed it. So it's it a pleasure having you back. Thank you. It's great to hear that. In studio with us today is Heather Bain, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, great to see you again. Always good to be here. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States, which is how I run this amazing, awesome podcast that I am a part of. So yeah, A lot more hands go into it than I think people realize. Yeah, It's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. We are on all of the major podcast platforms as well. It's just that we really focus on social media, right? The YouTube and, you know, Instagram and LinkedIn and all those things. That's where my heart's really at. So, but we are on the podcast as well. If you want to listen to it while you're cleaning your home or driving from here to Dallas or whatever it is that you're doing. And if you are a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on this show, visit our website at satalkradio.com or call our office at 210-879-8804. That's 210-879-8804. On the website, just look for the be a guest link, and you can click on that. You can send us an email as well. So interesting tidbit. So we had uh, every month, I'm going to keep in track of the most active social media clip that we put up from the show. And Tears and Estelle had a clip uh, titled, The Story Behind the Stats, A Pediatrician's Insightful Encounter, had over 5,400 views on Instagram, which I think that's a big deal, right? That's a pretty Absolutely. good amount. Yeah, especially for Instagram. I feel like TikTok, it kind of blows up to higher numbers, but Instagram doesn't quite as much so that's big yeah and uh, that was the one me and Howie hosted so <laughs> boom <laughs> that's right I was on vacation that day. maybe that's why yeah, that's I did why. so well is because I wasn't here oh I'm gonna go home and cry myself to sleep <laughs> on my huge pillow so we had an Englishman on the show before so if I talk with an accent later that's why it's, it's just gonna bleed out into the next that. few episodes <laughs> All right, so the inaugural Let's Talk Business podcast mixer is coming up on January 25th, 2024 from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at Project Cowork, which Amel is here. You guys are going to be hosting us. Super excited. I know you guys are going to do a great job. I've seen the events you guys do already, so it's going to be fantastic. So that's Project Cowork Central here in San Antonio, Texas. This premiere event will bring our show guests and mega fans together for two hours of fun and networking and is an opportunity to rub elbows with me, yours truly, the hostess with the mostest, or the host with the most, I don't know. Um, and our amazing co-hosts, Genevieve Sims, Heather Baim, and Howie Nestel. The organizers of this event are expert event planners, so you can be sure that this will be a fantastic evening. But attendance is limited to just 100 tickets. So 
get them quickly. They are available now. They were just released this morning at 10 a.m., and they are live. So if you're hearing this announcement for the first time, get over to our website ASAP and grab your tickets. If this isn't the first time you've heard it, then what are you waiting for? Go over and grab them now. Mm -hmm. Head on over to our website at satalkradio.com. Grab your tickets today, and we'll see you at the Let's Talk Business Podcast Mixer on January 25th, 2024. And if you want some extra points, take a selfie with your tickets and post them on your social media and tag me or any of the hosts on the, on the show. We'd be happy to uh, reply and engage with you a little bit there on social media. All right, so um, the marketing in a way that serves your client is something I want to talk to before we get, get into everybody's individual segments. So this is an area that I, I'm passionate about. Is If you have gifts in an area and, and you're working within your business – to serve the community, if you can do that in a way that also markets your business in a positive way, that's like a win-win-win, right? Mm -hmm. So, Amel, I see you nodding your head over there. It's like, I know you do this as well because <laughs> you guys host events over at Project Cowork, which is a way to bring in your ideal clients and show them, hey, this is what we're about. So what's your vision and mission there? Yeah, you know, so um, the event side of the business is really important to us. It, it is, just like you say, a great way to get a lot of people coming into the space uh, to, to decrease that level of commitment before you enter the space and come tour it. And it's a great place because events, when you code to an event and you have a good time, you already associate this really nice positive feeling towards it. And so I've already had a lot of people reaching out to us saying, hey, I remember going to Project Cowork that one time. And so when they are starting to look for space for themselves or their business, they already have that idea of where I might at least start the search with. Um, and it gives us a good opportunity to be kind of first in line um, for that uh, potential opportunity. And so for us, it's been really important. Uh, now, if when I was doing it by myself, really, really tough to do, I got very lucky with an awesome person to come help me and run the events out of the business. And she's a, a massive key to why it works. Um, she's focused on it. She's, you know, that's where her mind is at. And she's very good at it. And so um, we're happy to be introducing a really cool events business. It's not necessarily a business that I thought I would be really starting when I first started the whole co-working side of the business, but here we are. We're starting an events business, and uh, it's been really fun because I personally just love hosting. It's it's something that I did uh, you know, in college and stuff like that. Everyone would come to our place, and, and this is kind of an offshoot of something that I already really enjoy doing, and, and it's a big passion of mine, which is uh, seeing people joyful in the places that I get to create. Uh, and so when you talk about the underlying reason to all this for me, it's about placemaking. It's about creating spaces where people are happy uh, and events get to do that in a really meaningful way for me. So so I love that because you started out just hosting events, but it seems like having that person come on that her main focus is hosting events kind of created that offshoot. Were you thinking already, I'm going to create an events business before she came on or did her coming on and really leveling up your ability to do that, make that a possibility for you? Yeah, that was by design. So I brought her on thinking, hey, I, I think this is a really important part of the business that we need to be focused on. Uh, and we I don't have anybody doing it right now. And I've got really awesome team members on my team. And I, I tend to work and operate fairly lean, um, which is finding people who can take on a lot of responsibility. They get paid very, very well to do that. Uh, and so I found Claire to, to come on and, and do that for us. And she's got a great personality, a great skill set to be able to do that. Um, and it's made the event side of the business really, uh, really flourish. Um, and that's that's been really fun to do. Um, so, yeah. So, Dr. Tiff, in your course, you do a lot of HR, a lot of coaching, a lot of stuff like that. 
Do you, do you have an, a way that you actually engage with folks so that, that you can demonstrate? I know you do a lot of speaking, for example, right? Yes. Um, but how do you get out there into the community and do things that demonstrate your abilities in a way that people would be like, hey, I like this. I like what I see. I want some more of it. Uh, right now, I'm just doing a lot of volunteering. I'm really, I don't know, I really care about healthcare, primarily in children. Obviously, it's important for everyone, but there are many members in, I guess, everybody's family who who have some kind of health issue. And so I feel like there are a lot of underprivileged people. I spend a lot of time volunteering my time there and studying nurse retention. It's, it's kind of like I get to meet with a lot of hospital leaders because I am volunteering my time. I'm not volunteering to meet with them, but I enjoy it. So it's, it's a win-win. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going out and actually showing what you do because I feel like what you do especially with the consulting the coaching Mm -hmm. it's a a little bit harder to explain it's not quite as cut and dry (laughs) so how are you finding those places where you do want to go because you're committing your time and energy Um, with no real yeah you don't you don't really get any you get the joy from it so I can't Mm -hmm. say you don't get anything from it you don't get any money from it (laughs) but I do enjoy spending my time especially around the kids because they're usually happy. They're there and they're excited to see somebody that's that's there and wants to be there for them and is understanding because, you know, there's a lot of kids out there who have a speech impediment and they need somebody to listen a little slower so that they can get it out. And that's not very hard for me to do. So kids seem to gravitate towards me and like to talk to me and I, I listen. You know, I heard it said before about how you have to fill your, your business bucket and you got to fill your spiritual bucket, right? I mean, you can call mm-hmm. the spiritual bucket whatever you want, right? It's your feel-good bucket, it's your human bucket, whatever it is. But you got to fill both of them, right? You can't just do everything that's nonprofit and not make any money and not support your family, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, but you got to do, and then you can't do all business where, you know, you're cold and you're, what is it, the uh, Scrooge, right? Where mm-hmm. you, you got no heart, but lots of money, right? And then that's a lonely place. You're not going to live a healthy life doing any any of that so like just for my own example i bring a lot of businesses here into the podcast studio and we promote their business and it doesn't cost them anything to come in here and they have a good time and we promote stuff but i'm also demonstrating my ability to do what it is that i do and then my virtual staffing behind it is like hey there's a whole team of folks that run behind this thing that i wouldn't be able to afford if i didn't have virtual staffing behind it so that's kind of how i do it and i I get a lot of joy from it as well. To Amel's point, he enjoys hosting those events and and bringing people into his place. And I enjoy talking to people and bringing people into this space where we can do it all together. So just a lot of fun. I think it's about creating synergy between those things because I think Amel does a great job because he has his hands in a lot of different buckets of business, but they they do seem to, we'll get into it in your section, but they're synergistic with each other. His hosting kind of feeds into his project co-work, which feeds into his commercial real estate investing. So <laughs> he's, he's done a great job of creating synergy between his activities to allow each of them to grow. Um, Complimentary also- and synergistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I've had to really think that process through because to me, sometimes it feels overwhelming. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like, hey, am I doing too many things and therefore any one of those things not getting 100% of my attention? And and as we know, it's hard enough to make anything work when you're giving it 100%. uh, If you're doing that with three or four different things, uh, how much are you really limiting yourself? And so those are a lot of the types of thoughts and conversations I have is 
what's my best role in the company? And I've had to redefine how I see what I do in order to not make it feel like it's three different things. It's all part of one thing, but it's three different tools in a tool belt rather than three entirely different things. Um, and I've had a lot of conversations about where to take that and to start other things, but I always have to now come back to, hey, is it part of that one big thing or is it not? And if it's not part of the one big thing, uh, I have to be very, I have to start getting very choosy with where I start putting my time. And I didn't feel like that up until recently, but now I'm starting to feel like that because fortunately things are, are working uh, and it is really time to start doubling down and, and really leaning into what's working for us right now. So I feel like that's a conversation I have all the time with clients and just with entrepreneurs in general. It's so easy to see the opportunity in so many different things once you've opened your mind to that, but really honing in on what is the purpose of what I'm doing and does that opportunity align with that purpose? If you've got that clarity, whew, I feel like you're almost unstoppable, but finding that clarity is really difficult. Me and you had a conversation about this maybe a year ago at yeah. this point. We had a cup of coffee and uh, we talked about this stuff of like how overwhelmed and how it felt like it was kind of all over the place. And only mm -hmm. recently have I feel like I've honed in on it. Uh, but I remember that conversation because it was exactly it was that moment where I was like, oh, my goodness, like what how am I expecting myself to do this stuff um, and how what's the best way to do it? And one of those was finding the right people. One of those was defining what the goal was and trying to figure that piece of it out. So I really appreciate that conversation because uh, it was at that time. I remember a huge point of contention contention in my own in my own thought process so ah, I, I think most entrepreneurs go through that but not all of them get the clarity that they're looking for which is why it's like you know we know that professional athletes use coaches in order to keep them on track and get them to where they need to be and it just seems like if anybody is trying to make a living in their business that's a professional that they should have a business coach whatever one works for them they should have that along for the ride because it makes a huge difference one conversation can be like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Huge. All right, let's get into the first segment. So first up, first up on the show is Amel Sarfani, the owner of Project Cowork and Sarfani Commercial Advisors. And I, I feel like it's Amel. Yeah. There's more emphasis on the A. Mm -hmm. I'll get it, I promise. <laughs> so Amel, welcome to the show. Thank you. I was actually thinking about it during our segment. I'm like, I think I figured it out. It's Amel. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I just graduated. I don't know. <laughs> so Project Cowork, uh, the, you guys host two locations and provide modern suites for individuals and teams. Cutting-edge conference spaces, I've seen them. They're fantastic, and they are cutting-edge, right? The technology is there. It actually works, right? And you got some expansive training rooms as well. Uh, you guys regularly host networking events and training for both your tenants and the business community, which is that giving back and you really kind of inviting others to come and join your party. Uh, Five-star review ratings on Google for both locations. Uh, so congratulations. I double-checked that myself. Um, so uh, how did you end up in this field? What was the inspiration to get into the Project Cowork space? Yes, yeah, so uh, I've been in commercial real estate. I've had my license since 2013. Uh, I wasn't active until about 2016 or 2017 where I got an opportunity to take my license. I was doing about... Uh, a year of residential real estate up until that point. Uh, I really didn't like residential real estate. Not my cup of tea. Not good at selling houses. Not part of the emotional process. And I realized I was really bad at it when my wife and I started buying a home. And I fell into every single trap, even though I know the real estate process like the back of my hand. But then I was also falling into every emotional trap that comes with buying a home. And I just realized I'm just not – that's not my expertise. And so 
uh, I got an opportunity to take my license over to Cushman and Wakefield here in San Antonio. Uh, and I was the only retail broker for Cushman and Wakefield. So although I was new, I was the only option for retail. And what happened was, was big clients like Humana and Spectrum called and said, hey, we want to expand our presence in San Antonio. Uh, can you help us? Now, I was the only retail broker, so they didn't have much of a choice. So they went with me. And sure enough, they're both still clients today. I've, I've, I've done a great job with it. Um, but it started there. And uh, kind of going back to how I grew up, I grew up in an entrepreneurial world. My parents moved here from India in the late 80s uh, with no education, uh, but they were here and their backs was against the wall. They needed to, to find ways to make ends meet. And so they got into the gas station world at the time. Uh, and so I, that's how I grew up. I grew up in gas stations. Uh, I was checking out uh, cigarettes and alcohol when I was 12 and 13, even though we didn't, you know, that was not part of what my family or parents well, did. I got to tell you, I would love to have been doing that myself. <laughs> I, I always, when I was younger, I was like, I would love to work in a in a, a realist, uh, real retail, like at a gas station or a convenience store or something like that. I would have loved that stocking and doing all this yeah. stuff. So I'm actually a little jealous, but anyway. I mean, inventory, customer service, managing people. I learned it all from a very early age. And when I graduated college and I had a business idea and I, I took it to my dad, there wasn't this element of trying to convince him that this was a good idea. They don't actually believe going to a corporate nine to five is good anyway. He was like, no, 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 you should be starting something anyway. And so the big head start I had was a foundation, a support system that would allow me to, to, to follow that dream a little bit. And um, that was a major part of where I am today. Uh, the reason why I do so much commercial real estate is that uh, you know, as my parents' portfolio of gas stations grew, they came to me. And in the Indian culture, the son taking over the dad's business is very much part of how that operates. And I told him, I'm not running gas stations. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so what we've been doing is selling some of the gas stations. I've been helping him sell those gas stations and reposition the portfolio into some more commercial real estate development assets that he was really excited to do as well. So we've been working together on the development side. I handle the brokerage and acquisition side of the business. But that's how it's kind of played out over the last five years. And I've and seen your parents at Project Cowork, and they both are just super excited about what you're doing <laughs> over there. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm very lucky. Like that, that I, I'm very in, insanely grateful for is that I have two parents that are incredibly supportive of, of what we do and our, and our partners in what we do. So, Well, and you got into commercial real estate in 2013. And I think the first Project Cowork, it opened in 2022, right? Yes. I went to the, the ribbon cutting. It was awesome. But it's not a great time for retail commercial. So what was the thought process? Because you went in having experience in the retail space. Yep. And then you saw 2020. So it wasn't like you, you accidentally got into commercial and had to make it work. You went in eyes wide open. So it was the thought process of pivoting to to meet the new demand, but also taking advantage of the retail spaces that are left. Uh, it's because I'm a glutton for punishment is the <laughs> honest to God answer. I, I, so I did a, I did retail real estate for about five years. We've developed a, a, a several projects here in town. I was doing retail tenant rep representation work with Cushman and Wakefield. And then the pandemic happened. And then my mind went to what's the hardest problem to solve? Because real estate up until that point, especially in a decreasing interest rate environment, which we've been in since 1981, um, makes it kind of easy. You buy real estate, you hold real estate, and by the time you're ready to sell it 5, 10, whatever years later, their interest rates have come down, cost of capital has come down, that shoots prices up, and therefore you can make money in any which way in the last 30 years in real estate. Like it, it almost all you had to do was make the right decision to buy. Mm -hmm. That was a little frustrating for someone who was new in real estate and we didn't have a, a massive foundation to work off of. And so how do you find new avenues and new paths in a world in which that was kind of getting figured out a little bit? The pandemic offered 
a horrible situation, but a silver lining, an opportunity, which was office real uh, office real, real, real estate went from 100% occupied to 0% occupied. So my mind went to if I can figure out what to do with this unused space, then I get to win this game where I think the level – the playing field is incredibly level. Nobody knows what to do with it. So that was how Project Cowork came out to be was, hey, let's take buildings that are old that are never going to get leased up now because the owners are not willing to put money into them, especially now because they're getting even more vacant than they were prior to the pandemic. And let's renovate them and introduce a new type of leasing, a new model. And because I handle both the long-term space and the short-term space, which is Project Cowork, I have a full clear picture of the demand of office space and what companies are looking for today. And today, companies are very different. They're working with virtual assistants. They have work from home. They have hybrid work models that they can operate and utilize to, to, to grow their companies. The space also needs to change for the different types of companies that are being built today. So that was the, the idea. So yeah. did – oh, and I, I'm going to – I'm going to hog the mic. Um, did you think of that yourself or were you talking to business owners and did you start to see that need? Where did the idea come from? The idea was was mine in the sense that we weren't doing office real estate before. Mm -hmm. uh, we hadn't bought an office building prior to 2020. So the idea was was mine and I was looking for what's the next thing that I can sink my teeth into that's different than what we're doing today or different than what other people are doing. I wanted to look for the contrarian idea. Um, and so office space showed itself to me in that way. Um, so I'm proud of the fact that we're taking an effort in a really hard field. Uh, whether it works or not is still to be determined, but it's working in the present day and we're happy with where we are and the progress of it. Um, but the fun part is that nobody really knows what's going on and how companies are going to go and what office space is going to look like. Uh, and so that's the fun part for me is like, OK, cool. Nobody knows. So that means that there's not really a right answer. Let's try some stuff out. Let's experiment. And that's the fun we're having is in the experimentation of that space. So what's the growth plan for the next five years? Uh, the growth plan is to find as many good fundamentally good real estate deals that make co-working make sense. The reason why co-working doesn't typically make sense is because the underlying real estate deal, which is long-term space, I'm going to lease long-term space from a landlord and cut it up into small spaces and lease it on the short-term basis, is not an awesome model. It, it introduces a lot of risk for the co-working operator. However, right now is a prime time for this type of deal making because landlords for office space are hurting. And so how many good deals can I get done that allow for the fundamentals of the business to be correct so that each location is actually profitable and it's not uh, based on this like overarching idealistic view of how companies grow. It's fundamentally what's a good real estate deal. And I think until the real estate deals continue to be advantageous to tenants, which right now in office space they are, um, I want to try to grow it as much as I possibly can um, because it's taking less money on my part to invest into these spaces because landlords are giving more tenant improvement allowance, which is their contribution to the cost of me building out space, um, and they're way more favorable on terms. So you're leasing the space, not purchasing the buildings. We, because our model uh, is, we are we do own the two buildings that we're in. Now, the entity is separate from the entity that leases the space, but mm -hmm. purchasing those buildings, the cost of building out the space was taken into account in the purchase of the asset. And so my goal was, can I find an office building so cheap that I can actually have the landlord who's going to buy the entity build out my space 100% so I don't have to put a single dollar into it, but I'll operate and manage the space for them in the best way possible so that there is leasing. And it's been awesome because some of the members that start with us in Project Cowork have led to long-term space. So they have started with two or three offices with us, 
and moved into long-term space. Now they lease 10,000 square feet from us because their business grew with their time at Project Cowork, and we can offer long-term space in the same building that we operate in because we own the asset. But yeah. And and I don't know like if, if anybody listening is picking up, but the buckets, again, with the synergy because it's the commercial real estate development purchases the building project co-work his active income entity is leasing from his commercial development entity so entity b is paying entity a for the right to use the space but entity a still owns the space and then entity c which is going to be the event company is coming in and utilizing i mean it all just flows and is so synergistic together but it's it's Love it. There's it's, a lot to unpack yeah, there, too, and I'd love to keep digging in. But uh, we're out of time for your segment. Uh, Amel, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can find me on any social media platform, at uh, Amil Sarfani, uh, just my first and last name, on TikTok, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. So you can find me anywhere over there or go visit the Project Cowork site, and if you put an inquiry there, I'll find it. So Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot for coming in, Amel. Had a good time. All right. So next up on the show is Tiffany Edwards, also known as Change Dr. Tiff, an expert with human resources and social change, and the president and co-founder of the Edwards Consulting Group. Dr. Tiff, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. So do I have to say Dr. Change Tiff? Or? You can say Tiff. <laughs> that Dr. works Tiff. too. <laughs> so what's your doctorate in? Business. Business. All right. In, any particular? Um, business administration. I studied human resources. Ah, yeah. So, oh, but of course that makes of absolutely sense. <laughs> All right. So tell me about the change store. What is going on there? What is it? What's the, what do you sell? What's the mission there? So change store is um, a store that I created. It's really actually under Edwards Consulting Group. It's just a piece of it. And we sell AI generated image items and all of them are eco-friendly, organic. I actually just added some wrapping paper on there because I, I realized, oh, it's November. So <laughs> let me throw that on there. We haven't done a lot of marketing yet, but um, I wrote a book this weekend. So we're going to we're going to probably start with that. How do you casual write a book flex. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a children's book, actually. So huh? and it's essentially the story of me since I was eight. It's called mm -hmm. um, what did I call it? Let me see. You got to give you me time because I just did. Did you I mean, use AI uh, to, to write the book? No, actually, I wrote the book, but uh, AI did do all the pictures because I can't draw and it would have taken me forever. And it sticks to the same motto of what we're doing with the store. I wrote the book and AI is generating the images. So the store is where? Where is it physically at? Um, it is online at changedrtiff.com. Oh, so it's an online store? Yes. Okay, so will people go shop there. And what's the inspiration? Why would they buy these AI-generated images? Um, they would buy them uh, not just because they're AI generated, even though obviously that is the future. That's where we're going. But 10% of the proceeds go to fund social change programs in K through 12 public schools. Okay. I'm really just trying to give back where I feel the need is the most impactful. Okay. And I understand like the, you know, wrapping paper, for example, is, was that an example that you gave. Yeah. Could be something that they would purchase with this on it. But why not just go to Target and do that? Why why are they buying it from your store? That's what I'm trying to grasp is what's the the thing there? Obviously, the donation's great. Yeah. <laughs> but the consumer's looking for the value there. Why are they buying products from the store? So you're buying from the store because you want to give back to a certain community. You know that if you buy from Change Store, then the proceeds are going to be funded back into, first off, the United States first, because that's where I am and that's where I know the most about but the kids in your community are going to benefit from it. 
they okay. are going to they're going to be able to see the same shirts that say Nike on them. We're kind of going with that same theme. I put a few out there and they just say stuff like hype me up. And there's an AI generated image of somebody playing basketball. And on the back, it says be the change. Okay. Well, let so, me phrase the question a little bit differently in that. So what need are you solving when, when they go there? So they're buying what kind of products? They're buying eco-friendly organic products. So they're going to be better for you in the long run. And when you throw them away, they are biodegradable. Okay, such as? Give me Such examples. as, uh, what did I add? Now, outside of wrapping paper, I added a few T-shirts, and we are still adding cups and anything else that they have on the online exchange because, obviously, I don't physically make T-shirts. I'm just generating the images to put on them and the message behind them. And to get the, the feel out there that, hey, there's a problem that we need to solve in America, and this store is just showing your kids a way to go, a go about it. Can they craft their own designs or are the designs already set? Right now they can't craft their own designs, but we are about to have a contest where the children are going to be able to put their design in and their AI gener generated image is going to be sold and a percentage of the proceeds, an additional percentage will go towards their charity of choice. So I know, you know, AI is the future. We've, we've had a couple conversations about that just in here. Why is it important to emphasize the AI generation? Because I think a lot of people are using AI, but they're not really saying about it. So they're just, it's it's my design, just AI, <laughs> spit it out. So oh, what's yeah. important you about that? You can really tell, though. I feel like you can tell that the designs are AI generated. Some of them will have like an extra finger. But I feel like it's important to point out because it's not being pointed out. Artificial intelligence is kind of like not my parents, maybe the generation before that of the manual laborers, people who worked at General Motors, and they got upset because their jobs went away. And it's just a cycle of change. And AI is just the next version of change that the baby boomers are probably struggling to, to see. And even, even millennials are struggling to see it. Because how many are there now? I don't know. There are a lot of, I, I don't even know what I am. I feel like I'm the tail end of millennials. Yeah, I know, right. I think I'm Gen X or something. I don't know. I'm a kid <laughs> of the 80s. You could, well... That's two. There's two of those. 60 is the end of the boomers, and then anything below 60 is Gen X. So well, when, I think of a, when I think of AI, I think of as more efficient, uh, cutting costs. You know, Amel, you're kind of like, yeah, I saw you nod your head a little bit there. Is that, that It's like I see AI as a tool, right? And then on the creative side, it just makes you more efficient. But on its own, I don't know that it's, I mean, this is my ignorance maybe, is that I don't know that it's that cool for design but I see it as cool for efficiency and cost savings. But I you do see too. it for design? I see it. It's uh, it's cool for, uh, it's definitely efficient. But as far as design, you have to actually know what to put in the background because I put a lot of things in and everything doesn't spit out exactly what you want because AI, you have to speak to it like a child. You have to break it down, put commas in between, don't put all that extra fluff because it understands like a child. So that's why the kids are probably all over it because it's easy for them. Whereas we're writing a whole sentence and then we're getting back a bunch of crap. They're not because they know how to use it. That's a good point. It's called uh, uh, prompt engineering, I think is what they call it with AI. It's a whole right. new field. So I, I, the change store is about your social change side. You're, you're using it to further this cause that you are passionate about in the schools. And how does that tie into your HR and executive coaching? Yeah, I actually added some HR and executive coaching on Change Store just to show that we are not just selling items. There's a lot of t-shirt 
people out there. I decided to sell T-shirts because T-shirts are billions of T-shirts are sold. That's that's just a fact. I did a SWOT analysis. I didn't just start a store. I researched it. I'm a researcher. So I have a huge analysis in the background over what is the best item to sell and will it sell. And T-shirts are T-shirts are in, especially the average consumer owns about 16 16 uh, T-shirts that are just say random sayings on it. So why can I not sell one of those? Does it say ACDC on it? I mean, it, <laughs> it could. <laughs> Does it have somebody else's head on a Beatles that's walking across the road? You gotta, you gotta cut it out and make sure you put the commas. <laughs> cut it out with the commas, but it can. All right. So you do do uh, some executive coaching as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I added that onto the Change Store website. That's what I was getting into, just because. I want it to be clear that we're not just selling t-shirts. We're actually a human resources company and we cannot just show you, Hey, there's a change that needs to be made, but we can help you make that change by offering executive coaching and training. And we also do heavy, heavy recruiting. Okay. Cool. So, so yeah, go ahead. Jinx. What does that <laughs> coaching and training look like at the executive level? Is it mostly leadership? Is it management? Is it like, what do you coach to? It is um, not necessarily at the lower level. I start at the manager and above. Obviously, everybody needs some level of coaching, but training and coaching go hand in hand, and you can't just do coaching and never think you need to train on something. So more so the manager to executive level, and it's not just individual coaching. I think group coaching is also important because you can say a lot of things in private that you may not say to the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I maybe. feel like that's the thing. Coaching is a great complement to training, but if you don't know what you're, it's like going for a workout and then just showing up at the gym and you don't know which machines to use or how to use them correctly. And you just have someone that comes in and is like, use that machine. And you're like, <laughs> I'd love to be trained how to use the machine, right? And then you coach to the motivation and mindset. So I love that. I like that too. Yeah. I'm going to use that analogy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I steal your stuff. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, rip off and repeat. I love it. We can all make the world a better place by just taking what somebody else says and tweaking it slightly. And that's that's what's great about AI, too. It's basically what's in here. It's just AI generated, and it kind of sounds robotic until you tell it to not sound as robotic. I love yeah. it. It's like writing a rough draft. Exactly right. you got to go in and tweak it yourself. The, the human component of it is not removed from successful utilization of AI, in my opinion. No. You got to have the both of them together. So it's not a thinking computer. It can be learning, but it's not the same. It's not a thinking computer yet. It's not there yet. I'm pretty sure it will get there, but right now definitely needs a person. So where does the future of your business lie? Is it in the consulting side or the, the change side? I want to say both because I'm not ready to give up anything yet, but heavier in the change side because consulting consulting can mean a lot of things it can be anything but change is constant and i think so, consulting leads to change i mean the 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 conversation you and Amel had led to change you know what i mean so i see them as actually complementary mm-hmm. you know well, dr tiff uh if folks want to get in touch with you how do they do that they can uh, reach out to me on all social media platforms at change dr tiff or um, actually, you know what? Yeah, just reach out to me on social media. I don't want to <laughs> check everywhere. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm mainly on the gram. Check me out at, at whatever, right? Yeah. At Change Dr. Tip. <laughs> Love it. 
All right, as we wrap up the show, quick reminder, check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for this show. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Everybody.